0: John Fitch here. John Fitch knows nothing. Uh, we're going to be joined today by, uh, I think this is a record, Alex Feinberg. This is his third appearance on the show. This may be a record, all time most starring guest. Um, but we have very similar ideas about diet uh, and physical fitness and health and cardio, stuff like that type of stuff. And I have a, it's a great timing because I have a, 12 minute bike cardio course that I'm going to release tomorrow. It's already should be up tomorrow. Um, And yeah, you guys can unfat yourself and get ready for the sun. summer and get your short shorts on. So I'll be doing, Uh, I'll play us in and then I'll get Alex in here. So we can start talking. us up. Alex, what's it's up, buddy? It's
1: a wonderful, beautiful rendition of for Elise. Yeah. It's
0: uh, classing it up, because we're going to have a classy conversation about fitness and getting jacked.
1: And intuition, too. It's interesting that, you know, Beethoven uh, was deaf for, yeah. like, probably when he wrote that. I don't know, like, certainly in the end of his life. But he was such a musical genius that it didn't matter. And it's almost like, you know, like, uh, Michael Jordan or something can make baskets with his eyes closed. It's like, Mm -hmm. they just know, they just feel it. It's like, they don't need what everyone else needs. I
0: wonder if if there was a sense of, uh, the vibration that he could sense. Probably. When he made the music. And that's why he was so good at it because like everything else was turned off. So all he had was that little bit of the vibration to, to feel.
1: Maybe, you know, I actually think about this with cooking, like not to, not to toot my own horn, but like, um, I will imagine flavor combinations before I put them together. And I'm like, this is going to taste good. And like, clearly I don't need to have taste buds to do that because I'm imagining what these two tastes that I haven't combined yet will taste like when they're combined. And a lot of times it tastes really good. And so, you know, I think if you have like that sort of next level perception in terms of like, oh, these chord, this chord sequence is going to sound really good. Like, I don't need to hear it to know it's going to sound really good. I'm guessing he probably had that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's wild not to have, yeah, to be able to hear and be able to do that. though That's wild. Yeah. Because, like, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm a technician. I'm not a musician. I can't, I can't hear the music and be like, oh, that's a whatever chord. And Yeah. You know, but I can, I can like, oh, you play it in this pattern and I can watch people do it. And it's like you hit a double leg. It's technique.
1: Yeah, just enough to get the chicks that's it yeah, yeah. okay we cool the
0: game that's the next course i think that should be the next course
1: should be should be <laughs> so what's happening you're dropping a, a fitness uh yeah uh, I
0: well because you know i don't i don't uh with COVID and everything i haven't been grappling like yeah. i used to or oh so you training. you
1: kept you kept doing
0: it after you retired well i mean well i mean i like i like doing jujitsu okay stuff, you know but uh so even like when i was in training wasn't in fight training Mm-hmm. Like, I would go in on my, you know, time time kind of off was like, that was one of my workouts was like mm-hmm. used to go jujitsu or roll or something. Mm-hmm. But with lockdown, it hasn't been as easy. And even now, a lot of gyms are requiring like uh, a weekly COVID test. It's because you're just, in a
1: communist state.
0: Yeah. And I just, I don't want to deal with getting a test every week. So, um, yeah, I just haven't been. So, I, I need something else because I've been lifting and I've had like huge like body changes in the last year because I, I do like a body composition picture almost yeah. every, every week yeah and uh it's kind of cheating because from like a year ago i wasn't lifting to be big yeah because i fought in september and i had because you can't they had, had to make 170 in september yeah so uh like i have a picture from may like fifth or sixth and then from this last week and show my difference and i've put on yeah. considerable muscle
1: yeah yeah well, I mean, that'll happen if you get away from uh, do, doing long, intensive training sessions to shorter lifting, you know, like resistance training. You know, I think any yeah. athlete.
0: Around, um, I think around November, December, I decided to like, hey, I want to I put on muscle. I was yeah. like, eat clean, eat a lot of meat, eat my max protein level, mm-hmm. lift, and like really put away because I haven't had that opportunity since I was in high school. Yeah, in twenty years, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to lift and eat and put on weight." Like, it just wasn't an option.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And for the the viewers who are not familiar with my diet framework, you know, I eat like three or four thousand calories a day normally. Never, never eat according to a caloric schedule. I just kind of know what approximately what I'm eating. You know, a couple hundred grams of protein, uh, all real protein dominant food. And I found that, um, you know, it's not only scallops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. scallops, good lobster, good stuff, steak. And, uh, yeah, uh, duck, duck fat's good too. Um, you know, I found that a lot of the precision that, uh, people think they need to have in terms of calorie counting, food weighing, uh, macronutrient profiling is a little bit excessive. It's like, you you don't need to do that. You just get these three things, right. And you're going to get 90 to 110% of the way there. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of the content that I've been putting out there, uh, putting on sale, and also just helping other people, uh, particularly MMA fighters, because I think that, you know, my, my experience just kind of DMing people on Twitter, getting DMs from them, um, get a lot of MMA guys who, you know, they get paranoid about overeating because they want to make weight classes, but you just look at their training schedule. It's like, dude, you are not eating enough. Like, you cannot work well,
0: can out. And I, uh, man, before... So, I, I mean, I went down the vegan road for a while and that was, what? but, but, but then when I, when I came back, like I started doing things right. But before I was drinking like, you know, Kool-Aid for lunch, I was having like a sandwich, turkey sandwich, yeah. you know? Uh, and then, you know, my breakfast was like, I usually wouldn't have breakfast. I'd like coffee and a banana or just a banana yeah. was my breakfast. And then I would go and work out and then I would have a sandwich with cold cuts on it yeah. and then 12 grams of protein yeah i'd eat oh, chips yeah. and some kind of crap and drink kool-aid and then uh night would be like steak and potatoes yeah but that would be a decent dinner but then after that i would always you know uh the night snacks like before bed i'd play video yeah. games and i would start eating chips and salt yeah. and sugar and whatever yeah. secret bullshit yeah yeah
1: And like, even if you are snacking, you know, you're probably taking about 1800 calories in based on what you said, pre snacking, Mm -hmm. but with your training, you're burning 4,000 calories a day. It's like, there's no way Mm -hmm. people get so athletes, particularly athletes get so wrapped up in restriction, like a fixed mindset. it's like, dude, no, your metabolic engine
0: needs fuel. Yeah. Right. Do not, do not. I have my book, my The wake up Bible. And it's all that is, is like, you oh, okay. eat. You're eating the whole, you're eating the whole week up to it. You don't, your, yeah. your, your portions come down a little bit. You cut the carbs. Like yeah. you don't stop eating. Like that's the worst right. thing you do is like starve yourself. I'm going to lose weight. So I'm not going to eat.
1: Like, right. But like so much of the modern paradigm is about, oh, well you need to maximize your caloric deficit. And then, you know, the people who, uh, you know, maybe who are not following me on Twitter, uh, presumably haven't seen some of the posts that I've done on calories, like calories themselves are fraudulent right you do we not had this
0: conversation before like last yeah, time, of times you were on before uh we talked about how like not all calories are equal
1: they're not just not all equal like they're counted wrong right oh, yes, so like
0: right.
1: yeah so like it can,
0: the they could be off by like by so many 20% the
1: the USDA allows uh, uh companies i think it's USDA if not FDA allows companies to be up to 20% off in their food labeling. So you might think you're eating 2,500 calories a day, but you're actually eating 3,000 or 2,000. Like you don't know. That's a pretty big difference. Um, companies tend to kind of serially be on the lower side because mm-hmm. they can market their products better as low quality even. So it's like most packages are probably 10 to 20% more than what's posted, but not all of them. Some of them are the same. Some of them might be less. And then the same thing's true with your calories burned. Like nobody actually knows how many calories they burn right? All, everything is an approximation on an approximation. And if I'm going to go to in, you know, people need to realize that when you go to an online website and you type in your height, your weight, your sex, maybe your body fat percentage, if it's trying to get a lean mass calculation, the estimates that it's giving you for your basal metabolic rating, which is essentially how many calories you're burning at rest are finger to the wind estimates. They're assuming that you're average relative to the general population. And mm-hmm. if you have an athletic background, you're probably not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I took a breathing test, which is one step above just an online calculator because it's actually measuring the composition of my, of my exhaling to figure out, like, how many calories, how much fat I am exhaling in a given time period. Um, and what that showed was that I was burning, like, 600 more calories than what an online calculator would say. Mm-hmm. And so if I were to go to, like, a registered dietitian, nutrition coach, fitness trainer, be like, hey, I want to get abs. They would tell me to eat, oh, okay, so your, your BMR is about 2,000 calories. So if you want to cut down, you should maybe get a 2,000 calorie per week caloric deficit. That'll have you lose about a half pound a week. And so maybe eat about 1,700 calories a day. And it's like, uh, no, that's wrong because my maintenance calories is actually closer to 3,600. Um, and if I only eat 3,000 calories a day, I lose weight. So you mean to tell me that um, you know, I'm supposed to be eating 1,300 calories less than an amount that would already make me lose a, a reasonable amount of weight? Like, no, that's a little bit ridiculous. But people love precision. They love false precision. They love like, oh, I'm I'm staying within the lines. I'm staying within the guidelines. It's like,
0: well, it's all made what up. Notice with studying uh, the, the high intensity interval training stuff is that if you do even, I think I think there's a study that said like even as little as two minutes, like a two minute yeah. uh, interval sprinting workout, yeah, can raise your metabolic rate for a 24 hour period. It doesn't surprise me. So so, so you're just yeah. like, so like the, the calories burnt in the workout aren't even the, the real calories burnt workout because you have a 24 hour period of time where you're burning extra maybe calories. longer. Yeah.
1: no, I would say not maybe 48 or 72 hours. And it's really interesting that your, um, your, uh, interval, uh, product is exactly the same amount of time that I do intervals for, right? I used to run four miles, five miles, maybe in six miles a morning, usually four. So I'd run about 20 miles a week fasted before i lifted and uh you know if you go on my profile you just go read my timeline a little bit you can see a fat picture of me from 2013. it's like that guy ran 20 miles a week like he was not lazy He was working was lifting weights five days a week and he was um you know burning you know burning calories in the fat loss zone basically what traditional trainers will tell you that you're supposed to do if you want to lose fat and i just kind of thought like oh well, you know, I'm not, i don't genetically have abs you know i'm, I'm just going to take um yeah, I don't know. If, that's interesting. I must have got a lot more uh, results yeah. on Google. Uh, yeah. So on the top left, yeah, yeah, you see the the one on the left. Um, four miles a day. You know, yeah. pretty you know, pretty hard. I was running those miles at kind of like of a seven years thirty years pace. Old. Yeah, and uh, I'm more more lean than that thirty two year old, as you can see below. Right. You know.
0: Sure.
1: And uh, you know what I found was the, are these,
0: the, are the, your, these are some of your like people showing. No, I don't heart. even know who
1: those people are. I've never. Oh, these oh, aren't. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, uh, sure. I, I don't know who they are, but like the entire premise for my fitness system is let's see how to make it as easy as possible. If something isn't performing, let me figure out how to get, um, more output from less input or the same amount of input. And so when I, st- I started, you know, my quote unquote fat loss journey, when I was simply running miles faster, which isn't supposed to work according to. Um, you know, fitness science, right? You're not supposed to...
0: Yeah, but we knew this as athletes. We've always known this.
1: Well, I didn't know. Like, I, I didn't know as an athlete. I because
0: I, I mean, I had, I had always theorized this because like with wrestling and stuff like that. And for, for me, the big indicator was track and field. Yeah. Because especially like the girls, the girls who did long distance were a little pudgier. They mm-hmm. had less muscle tone. The girls who did the sprint workouts we're doing basically their workouts for their sprint. You know, even though their race was only 100 yards or 200 yeah. yards or 300 yards, their sprint workout for the day was a was a high intensity interval training workout, basically. Doing yeah. Short little sprint things throughout the day. Right. Like, right. Three, like the, I always kind of knew this. Like I argued with a lot of teachers and friends about like, no, don't do the stairmaster for an hour. Don't don't right. do run for three miles. No, let's go right. do uh, sprints in the gym where we run upstairs and whatever. Let's right. Do that for Fifteen minutes.
1: Right. And it's hard. It's harder for those fifteen minutes, but it's a lot harder. But it's easier because it's it's only fifteen minutes. You don't you're not you know, you you can play an an easier mental game with yourself to get yourself through. And um, you know what's so interesting is that I've had other people who've had very similar results to me, um kind of independently coming to do a very similar fitness plan. And one of these guys a dude named Darwin Metzger lives in LA. And, you know, he reached out to me a couple of years ago. He's like, dude, um, I eat basically the same thing you do. I train very similarly to you. My cholesterol scores are extremely good like yours. Like there's something behind this. We like, we we should meet up. And, um, and what he noticed is when he does, he runs hard miles. So he's not quite doing sprints, but you know, you run two miles. It's kind of the same thing. You can run it at a pretty fast pace. And, um, he noticed that when he does his running, uh, before he, uh, lifts, he actually burns like 300 calories per day more. Hmm. And it's the exact same workout. It's just, it's, it's just, you know, they're, they're inverted. And, and so, you know, I think, and one of the reasons why I've, you know, taken to posting all this stuff on Twitter is like, there are so many shortcuts that the mass market doesn't know about because they believe that the data, the, the, the science in fitness is like, correct. And it's Look, not. Okay, I'm
0: gonna show you. I want to show you my, this is me for like a, from a year. This is, this is a year apart 216 on the top and 220 on the bottom. Look at that ass. And that's, I mean, I'm older and I'm only doing like, I lift, you know, um, four to six days a week, but like, I only do like three exercises. Yeah, dude. And now now, in that, in that bottom picture that that's two weeks of my 12 minute bike stuff that I'm doing. Yeah, dude, we have
1: like independently come to a very, very similar conclusions science? Yeah, like people will try my training plan. And legitimately, the testimonials I get from it make it seem like a scam, where I'll have multiple people be like, this feels like it's cheating. It's so much easier to lose fat and get stronger doing your training plan than any other training plan I've tried before. I'm grabbing dinner with a guy named Ramon tomorrow, who who is a part of our group, uh, group training class. And uh, I've known Ramon for years, uh, helped him try to get a job at Google. Uh, I met him in San Francisco. And um, you know, two weeks into the, into the plan, he's like, dude, I don't recognize myself in the mirror. I literally do not. I was a size 33. Now I'm a size, I don't know, 31, 32. I literally did not recognize the person that I saw in the mirror. And your program is like, stero- is like natural steroids. All you want to do is lift heavier weights every time you're in the gym. And it's like fun. And it's because I'm not overloading people with, Oh, we're going to do 10 sets of 10 because you guys got to get the volume in. It's like, I mean, maybe if you're training for Mr. Olympia and pumping your body full of yeah, HGH that, and steroids. And
0: like I saw most of the lifting programs out there were you know Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, Mr. They're Universe stupid. type programs, or they were football type programs. Yes. Yeah. You know, they were trying to put on mass weights for a short period of time for football and it was all bench and squat. Yeah. And, it, and, uh, that just that wasn't that didn't that didn't work at all for MMA. Because we have, right. I, you know, I've got three other workouts that day. I can't go in there and do, like, supersets on my chest. Like, right. You
1: know, and it's so, not that important. Like, how important is a strong chest? It is not and that like,
0: important I, either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you need to be strong, but there needs to be a different type of – so I had to figure out – but there came a time I started getting injured, and I, I noticed, like, it was because I'd, I'd lost some strength. I was getting older, and I needed oh, okay. the strength training back into my my, my workouts again. So I had to find a new way. So that's when I started using, that was like 2013 is when I started using the program I still use.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I, yeah, no more than four workouts or four lifts yeah. per day. And, uh, you know, some days I might just do one thing. Yeah. I might go and, on deadlifts and then I'm done. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And people think it's lazy. You know, like people, I go to gyms and people just make fun of me for like not training that hard uh, compared to them because I don't want to waste effort. Like I try really hard with the 16 sets or whatever that I do in a training session. And then I don't do anything after that. I take a lot of rest periods in between these sets. And so what that gives me is I can go harder in each set than the next guy because I'm resting three or four minutes between sets. I'm basically fully recovered and uh, I can put that mental focus in. It's not emotionally taxing because I'm not like, who 60 seconds 60 seconds off. Got to go hit the next set. 60 seconds off. Got to hit the next set. It's like, no, I'm here to lift weights. I mean, this is not a cardio exercise. I want to get stronger.
0: I have a gym in my garage now. I, I yeah. work out, it's supposed to be fun. Like I'll, I'll smoke a cigar and, uh, and drink scotch while I'm, while I'm lifting.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's, that's the best idea. But, <laughs> but yeah, like, Especially ex-athletes, and I will say, you know, varsity and above. I'm not saying you need to be like an ex-pro athlete, like uh, like me and John, but um, anybody who has like, you know, a few years of weightlifting experience, you played varsity football, you played, you know, D D three soccer or something like that, uh, or you could have. You were athletic enough to do it. It's like, okay, um, do you just want to like look good in jeans? Because yeah. Uh, you don't, you can do 70% less than what, it's you know, feel like
0: strong. It's like, you yeah, you Like healthy. Right. Most, most of your problems can, can probably be, be, greatly improved in life. If you just increased your, your physical health and had money Even weights, eating better,
1: just get healthier and make money and everything's yeah. easy.
0: Get a little, get a little healthier and other things will start getting better
1: yeah it's really true, and um you know it's have, you, have it's, you ever met
0: a person who works out regularly who's like in a bad mood, often uh probably
1: like steroid abusers well, <laughs> but, yeah, like the no, best like, yeah. like
0: oh yeah man, like you don't talk to somebody oh yeah man, I could get a, a nice workout this morning. they're usually not in a bad mood about it
1: well, so what's really interesting is when I was uh working at Google in 2014 uh, Google's a really interesting company because it pays everybody quite well and doesn't like stress them out a ton. And they always find reasons to bitch because you know humans are pack animals. they get status conscious. so like no matter how well somebody has it, if they see somebody who they think doesn't ha- has not earned their position within a hierarchy and is above them on the hierarchy, it, it makes them feel bad. And so we have that naturally because it's a large corporation and you know people are not assigned to their level within the organization based on merit even though that's what is said by HR to make people feel like they're treated well um, you know that's there's some degree merit and it's some degree randomness and when you joined and you know what opportunities existed for you at the time you were hired um, and so I knew all of this and I was just like well you know your job's to pay me I'm gonna learn and meet some people and you know whatever I, I know I'm getting like I know if I'm to compare my position to somebody else whose IQ is 30 points lower than me, but just joined five years earlier, I would get really frustrated and think like, oh, I should be making $100,000 more. But like, I just, you know, it didn't bother me that much relative Mm -hmm. to other people. And uh, one time my colleague who was very bothered by it asked me, he's like, dude, do you think I can train with you? Because you don't ever seem to be in a bad mood. I'm like, really? I feel like I'm in a bad mood a decent amount of time. But like, he never perceived it. Because every morning i get my lift in, shower, go to work, get my breakfast. No, you know,
0: people who exercise regularly, people who push themselves through exercise regularly are so much better with adversity. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take somebody who lifts weights regularly over most other people in a, in a serious situation because they're probably going to have a little bit cooler of a head. They've felt some kind of pressure.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and then the other thing is when you get uh, the mental experience of training um, – you know, whether it's buying John's book and doing his interval program uh, or just going on your own fitness journey, you know, if you do it for a year, two, three years, you start to realize what your pain thresholds are. And I've noticed that, you know, my training book, which you can probably find on my timeline if you're interested on Twitter, but my training book actually maps out pain cycles because I found it to be incredibly important for you to know, okay, there are about eight focal points in the workout that are going to be very hard, but they're only going to last about four seconds. So you just need to concentrate your maximum effort into four seconds of getting that last rep or two, because those are the only hard reps. Your first five reps are not hard.
0: So through the workouts you provide, you give them like a specific point where like, Hey, this is where it gets really rough.
1: Yeah. and, And I map it out. I want, I want it to be like, so if you're doing four sets of five, which is how my advanced programs training, I want your first set, to feel like this hard. I want your second set to feel a little bit harder than that. I want your third set. Yeah, I want your third set to feel a little bit harder than that. And I want your fourth set to feel the hardest. And so what people don't realize when they're doing four sets of five, which is the programming that I wrote, is your first set's not going to be your easiest one, right? So once you realize that your body gets acclimated, you know, assuming you're not doing a max effort rep of five uh, lift, which you are not. If you are to do four sets of five, it's say 80% of your max weight, you are not maxing out that first set. And so the, the lower you are to your maximum threshold on your first set, the heavier you can lift without it feeling heavy on your second set and maybe even your third set too. And so once people start to understand that the output and effort are not the same thing, and there's certain points within the training where, okay, really try hard here, then don't do anything for a few minutes. Really try hard here, then don't do anything for a few minutes and don't do anything for a few minutes so that you can really try hard the next time. Um, nobody talks about it. And the thing is, if you, if you embark on a journey like that, uh, you'll eventually realize what your pain tolerance and your, your tolerance for discomfort is. And that is the thing that can be applied to many situations in life because a lot of the challenging things that we do and a lot of the worthwhile things that we do are painful and and they require a level of um, uh, pain tolerance. And if you know what amount of pain you can tolerate and you just say, I'm going to try this hard, but not harder, but I'm going to try this hard, you can usually push yourself a little bit harder than the next person um, and have it not feel like it's as hard because you've Mapped it out in your head. I know that these next several months are not going to be enjoyable I know I'm not going to have very much positive feedback from the community Um, I know I'm not going to lose a ton of weight or something in the first six weeks Um, Once you go through these uh, life cycles where you have a lot of work with minimum dopamine Because that leads to burnout right a lot of work minimum dopamine once you realize that you're signing up for a high work low dopamine event that can last three to six months, then you get out of your head. You're not like, oh man, why am I doing this? You're like, I signed up for a high effort, low dopamine yep. endeavor that if I execute it properly by month six, the dopamine is going to start matching the effort. But I know it will not before month three, no matter what. So I just need to tolerate pain through these first 90 days. And then it's gonna subside after that. Nobody's mapping that stuff out. Delays, this is like, it's like Russian. Down.
0: I never, I never put that in a dopamine sense, but as an athlete, you know, like, Hey, yeah, I'm going to schedule my life (laughs) for this many weeks because at the end I'm going to get this benefit.
1: Right. And, And most people, you know, the, the more I work with people on fat loss, muscle gain, even like career coaching stuff like that is people don't understand that if they try like trying hard and failing is terrible. Like, it's, it's, you know, people always say, oh, you know, it's like, it's a good thing that you gave your best. Uh, no, that's actually very bad. Now, c- certain times it's unavoidable, right? I tried really hard to be a major league baseball player. I failed in the minor leagues and, you know, I'm probably better off for doing it. But it took many, many years to uh, essentially reorient my physiology to where I wasn't expecting bad things to happen. Right. And what happens if, you know, the more you experience failure um, on the back of intense effort, the more your mind will grow to think, what's the point? I, you know, I've yeah. tried really hard and it didn't work. So you, so a lot of people, a lot of trainers, a lot of coaches don't understand this and they just think, Oh, you're being a pussy. Like you just got to push through it. It's like, um, okay, maybe the individual it's, is, but if a hundred people do that,
0: it's the risk reward. Yeah. You know, methodology that we use, like how much, how hard am I going to have to work to get this result? And then right. Likely is this result going to be, and if, Right. You keep putting in the effort that you think is needed and it doesn't show up 100%. I see.
1: Yeah. And so like when I work with clients in group coaching or one-on-one, you know, as much as I'm being cognizant of how their, their uh, bodies are developing, I'm also cognizant of how their mind is working. And the reason uh, I'm cognizant of how their mind is working is because I know their mind's going to break before their body does. And especially new guys. And so, you know, I'm working with a guy right now where I know he can lift, his skeleton can handle 10% more, 15% more than what he's putting up there, but I want to make sure that he enjoys it, right? Because if I try to push him in, it'd be like when my, when my dad took me hiking when I was three years old, apparently I really liked hiking, except there's one hike where he just like pushed me to keep finishing it. And I was just, I hated it. I was done. And I didn't like hiking for like 10 years after that. Um, I don't really remember this. I just remember him telling me the story. Uh, That's what I don't want. Uh, I don't want people to have negative relationships with fitness and the way that you have both a positive relationship with training and a positive relationship with your diet is you only do things that work, right? Because the more things you do that don't work, the more you will eventually come to think what's the point.
0: Hmm. Yeah. No, it's uh, I'm kind of like that with my kids and sports. So like, I'm not pushing them into anything. I'm keeping everything play. Even, you know, the wrestling and stuff we do in the garage, we keep it really fun and light. We joke around a lot. You know, when it's time to get serious, we get serious. But it's I want it to be like a forced fun thing. Like, hey, man, it's play time. Let's, let's go and wrestle. Um, I, have, I have a couple of their friends. Because my, my sons are different ages. So there's like a 30, mm-hmm. 35 pound difference. So it's they can't work together anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have friends that are their age and similar size. So Tuesdays they have friends that come over and they get a, get a goof around and do a wrestling practice. Mm-hmm. So I, I keep us to try to keep it as fun as possible. Cause I, I want them to like, not be like, Oh God. Yeah. Dad's going to make us go to practice again. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want that to be a thing. I want them to like, yeah. want and ask for it. And they, yeah. they've even started asking a couple of times about competing. So like, it's going to get to the point where like, they want me to like, push them to a higher level. I'm not going to force them.
1: Right. And that's the only way it can get done. And and so much about, you know, I think like a lot of the P, a lot of modern life is built around the belief that humans are machines. Right. And, you know, how can you, how can you operate on a more predictable cadence? How can you uh, linearly improve? It's like, how can you work harder? It's like, uh, humans are not trains and you need to, understand that when you're trying to get the most out of yourself or from other people. You need to understand that people will lose motivation in in certain repeatable situations. So if you want them to lose motivation, like do X, Y, and Z in these circumstances and they will eventually lose motivation. I think good coaches all know this because coaches are motivators and salesmen more than they are tacticians a lot of times.
0: Yeah. It's a big thing. Uh, Coaches are salesmen, huh? They've got to, they've got to get the, they've got to convince their athletes to believe in and what they're selling?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: I uh, I watched uh, Vision Quest last night.
1: I don't know anything about that. Tell oh me about Vision Quest.
0: Have you not seen Vision Quest? Watch, dude. It? I
1: I, have, I don't own a TV. Been, I assume I can stream it, but like, been, I don't own a TV.
0: Eighties wrestling movie. Oh, really? Classic. Like, wow. Madonna's film debut. She's singing in a bar. Seriously? Yeah, it's a it's the greatest. Oh, it's such a great sports movie. For real. I gotta watch it.
1: 80s wrestling must have been nuts. I'm sure that they were all like injecting each other with anabolic steroids in their butts well, no, like it, before the...
0: like a, a high school wrestling. Oh okay. Like I it, thought like, it was like WWE wrestling started, or started, There's like maybe five actual like amateur wrestling films ever. Okay. Yeah, and this is probably the gra- it's the greatest one. Hands down the greatest one.
1: Wrestlers are a bit nutty, dude. No, like get ridiculous. ridiculous. Bol- seek cauliflower ear as a status symbol
0: no (laughs) that's not wrestlers wrestlers do try to avoid it the jiu-jitsu guys the ones who try to get it oh really that looks tough or cool or whatever i mean it looks just as tough on a wrestler like most wrestlers i've ever known never wanted to get it and they fought hard not to get it because like if you just pop it. it if you pop it will you not get it how do you get it um, yeah, you got to take care of it. You got to drain it. But like, yeah, if you're like mine, like I've, I've had to drain mine at least 20 times. Like there's still going to be residual, like stuff there. It's we drain to it
1: like once that. a month or something, once every couple months.
0: So you get a little bit of scar tissue. And yeah. Yeah. That's just how it is.
1: The things we do to compete.
0: Um, <clears throat> well, chicks dig cauliflower. I, I don't know. Maybe
1: <laughs> not the ones that I've
0: met. <laughs> As soon as they touch their hook, I'm telling you. Um, we have some questions. I'm gonna. Uh, oh yeah, throw them up there. We have some questions for you. Yet. So, uh, Enigmatic Elephant is asking uh, what your thoughts on fasting are.
1: Uh, I think there's a specific use case for fasting. I don't. Uh, I don't think there's a one size fits all answer for it. I've tried it personally myself. Um, I, I didn't I, I like I feel it.
0: Like weekends, I'll fast until like noon or two. Both yeah. like a big fast.
1: So for me, a traditional intermittent fast uh, intermittent fasting schedule does not work with um, how I train. Now, it might now with uh, you know me not training in the morning. I probably could do an intermittent fasting schedule, but I need to eat more. Like my challenge is eating enough, not eating too much at this present juncture. Mm-hmm. So if I'm you know I realize that kind of eating around the clock is probably putting a little bit of stress on my internal organs. Um, but the benefit is i get more food in me which is very important for me to sustain my training and without that food i can't fuel my body to train at a high level and eventually my metabolism will spiral downwards because i'm no longer able to rep out 450 doing deadlifts Um, whereas when i can uh, my metabolic engine's humming and i can process four thousand calories a day no problem Um, i will say that um, i you know because i'm single I don't have a family, I eat when I'm hungry. Um, I will say that when I've traveled with other people and I haven't been able to be in full control of when and what I eat, that is a situation where intermittent fasting um, could be more sensible because um, once I have to accommodate other people's schedules for my meal times, all of a sudden I become out of sync with my intuition and I'm just like, I don't know when my next meal is going to be, so I'm going to eat just so I won't be hungry. But like that's really not the optimal way to eat and if somebody's forced to um eat in a situation like that it, you know intermittent fasting could be a, a reasonable tool to mitigate excessive caloric consumption because you're eating around the schedule of others
0: yeah i feel like traveling a lot of times i do fast a little more and drink more coffee just because it's when you i'm a scheduled eater so when yeah. my schedule gets thrown off and i can't eat at the appropriate times and i don't have the food that i'm normally eating it feels better to fast than to eat some shit that's gonna mess my stomach up.
1: Yeah. No surprise.
0: Yeah. Um Adam here says he likes to run miles. If you like doing something for fitness, like whatever, do it. It's fine. I'm just saying, like, don't use, you know, running 10 miles as your your key to getting like a six pack and super ripped, like, you know, enjoy your life, but like n- know what you're doing.
1: Yeah. So I tell people like running many miles is probably not good for your body. Um, if you do it on a regular basis, like it's better than not doing anything, but it, it
0: breaks down lean muscle and yeah, you you mean like you're wearing tear on your foot. You can get a runner, like a runner fissure break like on your foot, or you could turn an ankle. It'd be worse. I mean, yeah. I my,
1: my my best friend growing up, you know, his dad would run 20 yeah. miles a day. Um, <laughs> what?
0: Attacked by a bobcat.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think so. So he would run 20 miles a day. And we'd always see, Oh, Gary's running their dog, like he's running running on pavement too, because he was addicted to running, just like my friend, you know, because it's probably really genetic. And, uh, you know, he ran a a marathon when he was like 63 or something like that, like very good shape. And then by the time he was like 68, his back just gave out and, and he's had to like live on pain meds because he's in such pain from the running that he thought was okay for him that turned out not to be. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I wish I could take back many of the miles that I ran in my twenties. Um, you know, fortunately
0: so i'm glad that i always hated running
1: well i i thought it was like oh just be
0: disciplined it's good for you
1: right and i didn't realize that i could do intervals
0: little sprints and stuff yeah yeah, aerodyne bike was where it's at man that's it it it,
1: it really is and it's like you can do essentially six minutes eight minutes of work and get much better results than 25 minutes of running the use case for just kind of running a few miles is clearing your mind and getting blood circulation Mm -hmm. if that is your intent that is a pretty decent way to do it. Um, even though it's probably not the best for your body, it's, I, it's, I understand why it's good for the mind. Um, but be careful for how long you do it, how frequently you do it, how much you depend on it, because it can, it can become an addiction too.
0: Yeah, when you get into that, um, I think long-distance running is an is a easy way to fall into the, uh, the zone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. Like because it doesn't take much. It doesn't take a lot yeah. for your body to to, to get into sync and just get into that zone and like it, it's a lot harder with a lot more finite skills I think.
1: Mm-hmm. If you're
0: just a runner like you can definitely just you know that that hour can turn into like not much time and you can just fade away. I, you know, cuz I think I think cardio for me like especially really intense cardio can be a uh, a form of meditation
1: it's not just that there's an appetite um, mitigation effect from it i I don't know if you cover this in your book but you should mark it and i do i say it you know like i have a diet framework but the diet framework does require some degree of training um, because it's just easier to follow the diet framework when i've done near max capacity interval training right it's like the human body does not work in a linear fashion where you cannot say that oh train harder get hungrier it's like okay that's true with certain points, you train hard, this hard, you're this hungry, you train this hard, you're this hungry. But if you train this hard, you might be, you know, you might be this hungry. And, and hunger is something that can be manipulated through training. It can be manipulated both through diet and through training. Mm-hmm. And so for people who are trying to lose fat, and they just can't eat less, and they don't want to stick to diets, it's like, dude, there are so many ways to manipulate your hunger signals downwards, so that you don't feel like you're dieting and you're dieting. Um, I've had, you know, a college teammate who I'm helping lose. I think he's lost like 35 pounds so far working with me on my training plan. And, you know, his feedback is this feels like it's cheating. It is very common feedback for, for people working with me on, on their training plans because it's so much easier than what they thought it had to be. I was like, dude, you're eating breakfast, but you're not hungry until one o'clock. So just don't eat.
0: So I don't That's have fine. time. I don't have time to like, I, I came out with the, uh, the resistance band course because yeah. Well, I don't have time. You can keep the resistance bands in your bedroom and like do an exercise while you're brushing your teeth. Yeah, (laughs) like if you if you need to, you can get it done like quick. Yeah, there's no excuse. Uh, Let's see another one here. Um, This is a good one, I think. Are uh, any over-the-counter GNC supplements worth it for bulking, or are they all trash? I mean, any any supplement really, not just GNC, but. You have anything that you recommend is for putting on muscle? See, uh, that's what I assume when he says bulking.
1: You want to pull up that uh, the Google image of me um, through the progression timeline because this is probably the easiest way to kind of document, you know, what I think of supplements okay. and where you can get without supplements. There you go. Okay, so um, do you want to, what's the one on, okay, so if you look at the, the blown up image on uh, the top right, um, the one on the right, I was about 32. Yeah, so that was a few years ago. Um, this entire transformation from left to right, I took no supplements. Um, I took a multivitamin. thirty two. Yeah, no supplements. I took a multivitamin and like maybe fish oil or something like that, but I took no creatine, um, nothing, nothing. Maybe I took like magnesium and zinc or something like that for cramping, but like nothing that was that I needed to go to GNC for. If you look at me down here on the circle image, um, the blue circle, uh, that is when I started to dabble with um, creatine and kind of like a more exotic uh, supplement cocktail, like vitamin K2, uh, ubiquinol, um, trying to think of, of some of the other weird, weird crap that I just swallow in the morning. But, um, I don't know, you know, the jump from 32 to 35, or I think I was 34 when that picture was taken. Um, I don't know that I wouldn't have made a similar jump without, uh, without supplements. Cause like, I'm still learning more about my body. So I'm like finding new corners to cut. You can see that I'm like leaner at 34 than I was at 32, but you can also see that like a vast majority of the improvement that I made came without supplements. Um, presently, I think supplements are fine if you don't think that they're going to take you there. They're supplements. They, they're dietary supplements. They're not your food. So you need to eat real protein dominant food first and foremost, and I even got myself in a little bit of trouble a few months ago. You know, um, one of my friends on Twitter sent me a, a bag of very high quality, uh, whey protein, very high, you know, it's grass fed cows, tasted great. And I was having like two of those shakes a day thinking, oh, okay, yeah, I'm well, like, it's late at night. I'll just have a protein shake. Well, like a week later, my lifts just started sucking. And I'm like, what, what's going on? Why, why is this weight so heavy now? It's the same weight. it was like not heavy two weeks ago. Why is it heavy? And I realized that because I was drinking all these protein shakes, I wasn't eating real food. So Mm -hmm. instead of like cooking up a steak that has 600 calories, I would just have like two protein shakes that have 300 calories in it. Okay. So like do that, um, seven days in a row. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm having 300 less calories a day because I'm relying on these protein shakes to feed me. And it's not enough to carry me through my training.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, take a little bit more with supplements but that's because of i have neck issues i have degenerative like you know osteoporosis type issues and degenerative fucking disc and shit so i take things in order to keep my soft tissue supple because of years of fighting basically i have chronic whiplash i've had you know some people get whiplash once or twice because of car accidents i've had thousands of them from from training over the years get my head knocked back whether it's shooting shots for wrestling or getting hit in the face. So I had to take, I had to take stuff just to keep from not falling apart.
1: Like the NSAIDs or what do you, what are you taking?
0: Um, well I have a, my neck, I have a 90 day in my gum road. It's free. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. So I have my, all my list of my supplements that I took for that. Now that I don't grapple as much, I don't have to take as many, but, uh, a lot of it's, um, you know, minerals and things, zinc and stuff. For, for, for keeping the bones strong and healthy, um, man, uh, more fats in my diet, cleaning up my diet, cutting out more sugars. That helped a lot. Uh, I was, you know, eating spoonful of coconut oil, you know, to kind of uh, help with the mycelium and uh, soft tissue. And, uh, it helped, it helped a lot cause they, they wanted to operate on me. So that stuff helped a lot, but I, oh, wow. I don't have to take the full schedule of supplements, which was a lot. Because I'm not, I'm not grappling and battling every day. So like, I'm not as, I'm not as tense. I'm not as stressed. My back isn't as tight. I'm not out of line and shit all, all the time. Yeah. So <clears throat> I just take minimal stuff just to stay healthy and strong. But I will say that I've been taking creatine for a little time for a few months, probably uh-huh. three, four months, three months, at least I'm, I'm on my second container, almost done with my second container. So it's been about at least three months. And I've put on, I've put on some size. Cause like I showed you the picture before, that was from a year ago, but I didn't start, I fought in September. So I made 174 or 171 on uh, in September. So like I didn't start putting on or lifting or put on size, like I, this this started in like December, maybe November, probably December. Mm-hmm. And I think i put on considerable muscle on, a good amount of time. I mean, a short period of time. <clears throat> uh, and I think creatine's helped a little bit. Yeah. Now,
1: if you're going to get go down the creatine path, like, I think that there's uh, the studies around creatine monohydrate don't suggest that it will lead to muscle pulls, but I think anecdotally, a lot of people have experienced it, uh, myself included. So I took creatine monohydrate when I was 19 years old, sophomore in college. You know, I benched 320 that week, maybe the month that I took it. And then I pulled my hamstring right after so, I thought no, it's not worth it. I'm not going to take creatine monohydrate. So, we, um,
0: had, we had guys, because this was like 97, I went to college. There were guys in college who were using this stuff. Creatine just kind of started being popular in those few years. And three, I think, three wrestlers died. What? Yeah, because they were cutting weight alone.
1: Oh,
0: uh, they're using creatine. And because the creatine, you know, makes you retain water, it was, became harder for them to yeah. lose weight. And they ended up. You know, like under eating
1: from, from like not eating.
0: No, Starting from uh, just over, over heat exhaustion or they out too much. Like, like, yeah. like they couldn't sweat out what they thought they could because yeah, the, the theory was, was so they, they, they banned creatine for us for use. Like they, they were giving it to us and then it was illegal.
1: Yeah. So I take creatine HCL at the moment. I just started reintroducing that maybe a year and a half ago. I'm not sure exactly when. Uh might've been after that That late, uh, last picture you showed was, but around the time that that picture was taken, I think I started taking it. Um, and I, you know, I feel a little stronger taking creatine HCL, but it's not a magic pill. Like the best supplement you can take is a good diet. And right. by good diet, I'm not saying like eat a bunch of sissy salads. I'm saying like protein dominant real food. That's it. Steak, steak's Iron, good, eggs are good.
0: Great for the diet as yeah, far as weights.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it all works together. And if if you if you get your training right, you get your diet right, you get your uh, your meals right. It's like really easy. It's like very very easy. It's a lot easier to get it right than to get it wrong. It just requires a little bit of focus to to kind of make this a priority for how you're going to live your life. One percent.
0: Um. Let's see. More questions here. <clears throat> Tyler is a stupid name <laughs> says uh, i agree with that i broke my neck back in 2016 oh. that's crazy Broke your neck i was paralyzed i realized most people give up before they could actually start trying i'm walking kind of learned to jog recently
1: you write a book about
0: that that's insane i had a book about interesting it seem to hear about yeah it's ta- yeah this guy's been falling for a while i didn't know that it's crazy
1: yeah i mean you don't realize that going through that journey you probably connected a bunch of dots that nobody else is connecting as far as like keeping yourself on that path yeah. and if you can remember what you were feeling and thinking at the time and kind of document like this is what i was thinking and this is what i did irrespective of what i was feeling like that'll be useful for a lot of people You probably like sell a lot of that.
0: journaling for a lot of people is important because you may think it's no big deal but yeah, you may, you may be going through some of the millions of other people are going through, and you figured it out and they didn't. And if you could, like, yeah. share what you did with them, help a lot of people. They're gonna yeah. buy that up. Let's see. Uh, Punit here says he's heard a lot of good stuff about Alex's courses on Gumroad. Which one to start with? What would you recommend of your courses? Be the uh,
1: it, it really depends on uh, what you're looking to improve. Um, and they all work together. So, as I mentioned with uh, with John, a good training plan makes it easier to follow a good diet, right? Good recipes make it easier to follow a good diet. So, today I have my recipes. I think you know, if you were to pick one of the three, probably uh, I would honestly say the recipes and the diet framework both together, um, simply because people have really good uh, results with. Any of my programming, but the amount of like fat that people have lost without even working out just following my diet and recipe plans um, Is it shocks even me where i've had multiple people lose like Legitimately 30 pounds in like one to two and a half months Simply switching over to eating the way I eat, which is not restrictive, but it is intuitive and I, I document that in 10 easy wins for easier fat loss Um, And then also modeling their meals after my protein-dominant real food recipes. My recipe book makes that really easy. It's on sale today. Um, So I don't know, uh, Punit, what you look like. Um, If you're a vegetarian, I think the the recipe book is going to be a little bit harder just because it's a lot of meat. It's uh, it's protein-dominant real food. Um, And so that would be the one caveat is if you don't eat meat, the recipe book might not be that great for you. But the diet framework probably will be um, as well as the training plan. And if you do eat meat, um, I congratulate you because your uh, path to getting more fit is going to be a lot easier. Um, and you can make really good use of my recipes. Yes.
0: All right. So I don't know who this is for. Is this for me or for oh, Alex? Probably I me because like I don't recommend in, chicken. In your books, yeah, you don't I mean,
1: I, I just don't like it that much. Like, I eat fried chicken. I'm, I'm, I'm similar,
0: and I, I prefer to be – like, when my book, I, I, I rank things from, like – uh, lean to beefy as far as your body build yeah like, and, and like beef is more beefy and i prefer to be more beefy i want to be more beefy fish is more lean right? yeah. So you know, I, I go like fish chicken you know that down the, down the lane so yeah so i recommend beef because i like to be beefier and, and bigger and i just think it tastes better but like i yeah. don't have any like technical reason for it
1: yeah. So, what's really interesting about my, um, you know, my recipe book, my diet framework, um, is it was all created for me, and it was created for me to gain weight, which is insane. Because people, people take a plan that was created to gain weight, and they lose a shitload of fat on it, yep. because they find that uh, if you're actually doing the things that Alex is doing to try to gain weight, you actually lose a lot of fat. And so yep. because I'm trying to gain weight, I lose fat without trying because everything I'm doing with the other portions of my life is just it's like set it, forget it, you know how to do this. It's on autopilot. So I just kind of naturally lose fat small amounts because it's like not like I'm going to be zero percent body fat, but I lose like 0.2 percent fat per year just kind of from following my program and uh, not linear. Sometimes I go up. But it's like generally tracking downwards. Um, if I'm eating too much chicken, I just feel terrible. Like I need to eat steak. I need to eat animal fat if I want to have solid training sessions. And you know, one thing I mentioned to John earlier, working with these MMA guys is, you know, I remember one MMA guy named Gary reached out to me, like uh, when my account was new, maybe a year and a half ago. And I was like, dude, you know, do you have any advice for me? I'm like going through these like sessions and my lunch is like eight ounces of chicken, some rice, and then I'm gonna eat like another eight ounces and some rice at like four. I'm like, dude, you're burning like 5000 calories a day and you just described a 1200 calorie diet. <laughs> like what are you doing? And you know, he switched to steak. He found that he got leaner and stronger eating beef. So a lot of the the perception about animal fats, oh, you know, they're more they're calorically dense. It's harder to be in a caloric deficit when you eat, you know, red meat. It's like maybe there's always a caveat. And if you can eat food that allows you to train harder, you can make it back with metabolic benefits.
0: Yep, I agree. I always felt better with meat, with like yeah, red meat. Uh, Kwan also asks why do you eat sourdough instead of multigrain bread? You ever? I don't know what that is. Diverticulitis.
1: I don't know what that is. You know, I'm not a, a registered dietitian, not a not a doctor. I just yeah, I it know. tastes good. Uh, it tastes good. I'm not trying to avoid things there, that I, think
0: there's something good. Sour, I can't remember. My dad was making sourdough and he was like all excited about bread and like there's something positive about It's positive though. I don't know. Something about edit the sugars in your stomach or whatever. It's the best like bread
1: yeast before. or something. Yeah. I just yeah. think it tastes, it tastes but like it's something
0: you know. in the yeast. I think you're right. I, yeah. just, I don't know what it is, but yeah, yeah. I, I like sourdough. My kid like sourdough. So.
1: There could be a probiotic component to it. Now that I think about it, I think yeah, it might yeah, be yeah. like some sort of fermentation, right. And yeah. fermented foods yeah. uh, have like a probiotic effect.
0: Uh, maybe it breaks it down a little bit more than other breads or something. Uh, he's also asking why you don't meal prep ahead of time. Sometimes I do. Um, but it mean, tastes better when you cook it fresh. You, cook tastes get better, you know,
1: fresh. I, for, if I have a lot of time, I want to match what I'm eating to what I'm feeling like eating at that moment. I've always felt that, you know, if I just prep a bunch of steak, it makes it convenient. Right. And it's super helpful, like late at night where my options might be, you know, eat some yogurt or something like
0: that. Yeah. Cut them with the scissors and I will.
1: Yeah. So I think meal prepping is great for just having like a snack uh, bin in your fridge ready. Um, You know, it depends on how pressed you are for time. If you have the time to like choose what you're eating 20 minutes before, yeah, it's going to be more expensive because you're not buying in bulk, but um, you can probably eat a little bit more intuitively because you're, you're actually matching what your body's craving now rather than what it craved on Thursday.
0: All right, uh Another one from here is, uh, he started following your diet and got constipation, but just once. Any ideas to face? If you only got it once, though, so then like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. it was something else. I mean, my
1: diet is notoriously low in greens, right? So yeah, if you're, if you're trying it. something, if you're it's trying something...
0: Constipates you.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know, maybe try some greens. I don't really have that issue, but... Broccoli. Throw a throw a dip in and drink some coffee.
0: Nobody got constipated after that. Uh what cardio do you do when gyms are closed? I did that for you. And uh the um the 12 minute bike workout that I'm gonna release tomorrow. You sign up for the newsletter, go to johnfish.net, sign up for the newsletter, and you will uh get access to that. Well, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give a uh, discount code in the newsletter. So sign up for the newsletter
1: um for me i bought an assault bike uh because i just figured yeah it's they're a amazing
0: i love hate thing with them like someday i want to go in the woods and do the office space just break thing. it yeah mash it with a Shotgun, like explosives sledgehammer just just go to town
1: so so people uh fundamentally underprice the value of their bodies and uh, an assault bike I got a rogue echo bike I, I don't know it made it like 700 dollars or something like that and to a lot of people
0: are like oh 700 dollars like oh no, the it last 50 years.
1: The I last 50 on, years
0: when I was in Syracuse for a little bit the guy there I was like I need I need an aerodyne for my cardio to get ready for fights and whatever and he's like okay I got one for you. He pulled out his aerodyne it was an old gold one that like he bought
1: 1968.
0: Yeah he bought it in like for fucking 69 or some shit yeah. it's like hadn't been used in forever i mean like it was it was perfect it, it didn't need anything else it had like dials instead of digital sure. you know but like the thing worked amazing the thing was almost 50 years old probably and yeah
1: and, and the thing is like uh, so for me uh, i also use tracks but like i don't always run cuz if i'm doing powerlifting like the the pounding of my knees is maybe not the best so you know, I would do a combination of just going to the local <laughs> high school track uh, because I wasn't in a masked state, so it was fine. I could actually, I, mean, I did need to trespass a little bit, but you know, it was mostly okay. Um, or I bought an assault bike, and I just did that. And, you know, if you think about the average American, I think gained like 15 pounds or something over COVID. And, okay, so, like, think rationally about this. If the, if the average person gains 15 pounds, that's like two years of life expectancy that has gone down. Right. If you just look at actuarial tables, you can go online, just Google actuarial table and you can type in height, weight, um, you know, maybe some sort of blood pressure issues that might happen if you gain 15 pounds. And you're the difference. The difference will be like, (laughs) excuse me, Uh, the difference will be like two years. So do you are you really trying to save seven hundred dollars and shorten your lifespan by two years? (laughs)
0: Like
1: that's a really bad trade. But a lot of people made that
0: trade last year. Oh man, I mean, just yeah, people, people, people live in a fantasy these days. They convince
1: themselves that the thing that's almost certainly going to happen. Well, well happen.
0: The, the thing, the way, the way to live and think today is, is emotionalism. And yeah. The right it's answer is how you feel. So, because it you makes you easier to control. Yeah. If you feel I mean, think about, you feel good about a thing, no matter what it is, that's the right thing. So,
1: and think about how if you're like a, authoritarian leader i mean that makes people immensely easier to mold and control just be emotional Mm -hmm. i can i can control emotions more than i control reality so
0: yeah well times all right well alex we've come up on an hour we had some good talk today about health fitness Um,
1: absolutely
0: what do you have coming up uh for everybody where can everybody find you give information on your diet and your workout programs
1: yeah, follow me on Twitter, Alex Feinberg1. I think it might be shown in the, the header somewhere. Um, I put various portions of my program um, on sale. You know, today my recipe book is on sale. Uh, yesterday my training book was on sale. Um, and, you know, you can take it one step at a time. Um, I'm also doing group and one-on-one training. You know, my DMs are open. Just hit me up. Uh, I like talking about this. I'm happy to answer any of your questions. Um, and I got into this game basically because I saw how bad everybody else was doing it. And I accidentally discovered all these shortcuts that were like super helpful and yeah. thousands of people around the world are agreeing and they're coming to see it. Bro
0: science for the win. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's been great uh, having you on the show again. Yeah. You are, fun. you are the, you're the champ of give me a crown. Give hey, me a yeah. belt. You need a belt. Yeah. <laughs> Most appearance belt. That's right. All right. Uh, I'm going to play everybody off. Thanks for coming, Alex. Uh, all right, you, we'll, we'll, we'll you Alrighty, guys, good stuff. That was a good talk. Um, me and Alex have very similar ideas on, uh, nutrition and, and cardio and, and, you know, being in shape, you know, uh, You don't need to spend a ton of time in the gym to look good and feel good and be healthier. My workout programs, 35, 45 minutes, 12 minutes cardio, not a big deal. Alex's stuff, similar. You know, he's leisurely lifting the way he wants to. He eats what he wants to. He eats a lot. He's eating a lot of calories. You can listen to your doctor bros or you can listen to your jacked bros. I think the bro science has it. Right, we're gonna sing a fun one. time to say, say it anyway, There's just another day to find you, shying away, I'll be calling for your love okay, today. call me, take on me. sorry to John sign up for the newsletter i'm going to have my uh, 12 minute bike workout available tomorrow you'll get a discount i'll send it out in the email let's do it check y'all later